Okay, we're live. Hello, dear Starshines. Christina here with Life Body Academy. Welcome to today's lunchtime chats. I am in yet another new location. <laughs> this time we've decided to blow the popsicle stand of the United States and we're down here in Mexico in the beautiful Gulf beaches of Tulum. What a lovely area this is. It's really a blessing to be able to travel like this and, and see these magical lands. We're going to do, um, we're going to spend several weeks checking out the, um, the pyramids, the sacred sites. There's lots of magical places here, including the cenotes. We're doing all kinds of stuff like that for the next month. So I'll be updating you guys with these chats as we go and keep you uh, tuned in to anything that really, that, that's really cool that might be happening here. And let me smudge off the thing. So um, I'm not in a private place. I'm in this corner nook of a beach restaurant. So please let me know how the sound is and if the wind is uh, if the wind is a problem, and please let me know if the music is um, overpowering. Uh, evidently, techno techno is the the big genre that's preferred in this area. It's kind of like a I don't know how to describe this place. Actually, it's well, number one, it's high season, but there's hardly anybody here. I think that that's very interesting. I, I'm wondering if maybe um, it's COVID or people are afraid to come out or maybe more people um, are in dire circumstances. Who, who knows why, but it's very interesting that there's hardly anybody here. Last time I was here, this place was hot and packed full of people everywhere. The beaches were full. The, you know, it was chaos everywhere. And now it's, it's relatively calm. I mean, like I'm, I'm at this uh, resort and there's maybe a handful of people here. It's very interesting. Anyway, so let's get on to the chats. Like, what the heck is going on in the world multi-dimensionally today or this, this week or however it's been? You guys let me know that you're here. Make Put your comments in. There might be a little delay. And also, please let me know about the, the signal. Is it coming through okay? Is it digital? What, what's happening with this? Okay. Um, all right. So, okay. So, I have some messages that I was sent that I want to talk about. And one is about the micronova, the solar flash that uh, many of the narratives are talking about. Hi, hey, 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 Ella, I was just talking about you, darling. I was just telling a little bit about your story and how we met here in Tulum all those years ago. Oh my gosh, and so it's so cool that you're here. Thanks for chiming in. Um, yes. Yes, so I am. I'm in Tulum, darling. And it has changed so much. It's nothing like it used to be. Well, it's kind of like what it used to be, but more <laughs> with a lot less people, which is really interesting. So the jungle side of the street, the, the beach side of the street where there was like a jungle side and a beach side. Well, this jungle side is no longer really there. It's all this massive um, master plan community um, that is called just the neighborhood of Aldea Zama. And it's these high-rise penthouse apartments, condos, and all this kind of stuff like this. So it's, it's really interesting what they've done. I, I like the idea of a master um, planned community, but I don't like the fact that they cut down thousands of acres of jungle to, to build it. It's, it's really, it's, really um, it's hard, actually. When I first got here, I was, I was really struck by how little jungle there is left. Um, but do know that I'm with people here that are um, that are aware and they're um, doing they're doing ceremony and they're they're well they're t we're talking about um, well one of our one of our travel companions is talking about uh, you know holding ceremony for the jungle spirits and and uh, connecting with the lands and stuff like this and I'm doing my own thing in my own way and uh, there's there's a lot of processing going on this is this is all tapped into dream time and and it's taking me into really deep levels of humanity that's kind of like stuck in these places um, stuck in these places of behaving against their own true nature okay and this is getting resolved on a collective level um, and I feel like you know, me being here is, you know, that's bringing the light body crew in here. And so we all are um, impacted and are working these energies in the way that's conducive for our own particular energy center and um, energy signatures. So um, it's very, very interesting what's happening. 
Anyway, so let me get back to, I want to talk about this, um, the Micronova silver for solar flash thing. And I also want to talk about, um, wait, there's another piece in here. It was the, the, the narratives about the solar flash and, um, and, oh shoot, I lost it. It was here. I was just talking about it with somebody. All right, I, I guess I need to get the solar flash narrative thing out. Oh, yeah, 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 ETs. Okay, yeah, yeah. So I want to talk about the, the narrative about the Micronova slash solar, solar flash that's supposed to happen. And it looks like we're building up towards something like that because there have been an unprecedented amount of uh, solar flares um, being released from our sun since the new year. And I think a lot of us are feeling it. Our nervous systems are feeling it, you know, stuff like that. But then I also want to talk about the ET game and what's going on. And this is actually, this is really important. I got another message from another dear friend of mine who's also a medicine, uh, a medicine woman who shared an experience that, that she had. And it was right on par with, with the things that I was, I was thinking about, which is very normal for us. You know, my, my friends and I, are, especially when we're multidimensionals, it's like I, I'll be thinking about something and they're thinking about it, too. And then we'll just make a comment and we instantly like download the whole conversation we've been having inside of our own heads about it. You know, it's a really cool way to to um, it's a really cool connection because we really understand each other, you know, without a lot of words, which is a relief in, in my opinion. Anyway, so let me get to this. Right. So we're talk about those microdovas. And uh, so this is. This is interesting because the micronova slash solar solar um, solar flash. Wait a minute, I'm saying this wrong. Sorry, this music is a little a little. Um, it has a lot of bass that kind of like disturbs my 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 flow here. Um, okay, so we have the solar flash slash micronova narrative, and what is that? Many of you guys already know, but for just in case some of you guys aren't sure about this. What this is, it's this concept that there is going to be a massive release of, of um, radiation, gamma flares, uh, solar flares slash gamma rays and all this other stuff from the sun. It's going to fill the entire heliosphere, which is every planet within our solar ring gets impacted. And it's going to instantly wake everybody up. It like melts away. It'll melt away, burn off, so to speak, with consciousness, all of the non-truths that are alive within within this heliosphere. So that means control systems that are against the truth of the higher truth of life. If that means um, technology is getting knocked out. I mean, there's lots of layers of what that, of the implications of this. And, you know, um, for a lot of, for a lot of us who've been on this journey of awakening for quite some time, we realize, oh my gosh, you know, we have been lied to from the get go for many generations. So there's a lot of non-truth that we need, that we thought was the truth. We really believed and thought was the truth. And then at some point in our progress, some point in our path, we all of a sudden discovered, oh, that's not the truth after all, <laughs> you know, and for sometimes it's a real hard, rude awakening. And other times it's like a relief to find these things out. So, so um, what I'm saying, what I'm saying with that is that when we all of a sudden are struck with deep truth, like the truth of who we are in an infinite level, it's jarring because there's so many layers of non-truth that's alive inside of our, well, not just our bio field here with the collective and the infiltration of the Tulloch realm and all that stuff, but also our subconscious, our um, you know, our ego driver relationships, all this stuff, there are layers and layers and layers of non-truth. So in order to have, so if a solar flash were to happen, all that stuff burns away. And then who are we after that? You know, just, just think back. When's the last time you stuck your finger in the spiritual lightning socket, right? When's the last time that happened? That's when you sit with a, you know, on the top of the mountain with a guru somewhere and you come down and your whole life gets destroyed or you go to some sacred site and you get activated and you, you walk away being a completely different person, reinventing your life. You know, that, that's, I call that the spiritual lightning socket. So this, the solar flash is like that times a thousand. And, and what's happening here is that there's a lot of narratives that, um, people on the spiritual path, people on the ascension journey, people on um, the awakening journey. You know, there's all these words that we, all these words that we use to describe it. But what's happening is that the falsehoods that have been accepted truths that were narratives, you know, in that path, 
are being um, revealed as not truth. It's like we're just waking up that it's not the truth. And I feel like that's the result of these daily solar flares that we're having. It's like bursting, hitting all these non-truths that we, that we thought were so in our lives and our reality. And we're all of a sudden waking up being like, oh, my gosh, wait a minute. <laughs> you know, and it's not like before you would stick your finger in the spiritual lightning socket and you'd have years to process that, even decades, maybe. Right. Depending on how soon or how how long you've been doing this. So it would happen in the 70s and you, then you'd have a decade to process. It would happen in the 90s. You had maybe five years to process. It happened in the 2000s. You had a year to process. Now we're at this time now. It's like you have maybe a day to process. Right. So and this is happening one right after another. And there's a crisis of faith that people are hitting like, oh my gosh, this if, if that baseline truth that I thought was the truth isn't so, what else is a lie? What other parts of these narratives are have I accepted that aren't really the truth? And we're when we're going through this crisis like that. Guys, let me know if you're if this is also affecting you like this. Because uh, you know, this is where our mental flexibility is important. And that is our ability to let go of rigid thinking, our ability to let go of the need to control, let go of the need to have um, a clear understanding before taking action, you know, the need that, you know, the sense that you have, you got this, you know, it's like, no, none of us got this. We are all on this wild roller coaster ride. None of us on an ego driver level can know what's on the other side of this because it's so far away from what we've known for thousands of generations on this planet, right? So it's like are the cellular memory even, you know, it has to get unburied for us to retouch, reconnect with the real truth. And is that 10,000 years ago? Is it 40,000 years ago? Is that 100,000 years ago? Is it a million years ago, right? How long is that exactly? <laughs> I'm curious what you guys think about that. Um, let me pause real quick. I'm just gonna check in with some of these comments. Hello, dear soul schooling. So good to see you. Yes. Uh, okay, Andrew. Yep, good. Nice to see you. Young trip named Jim. Um, it seems progress continues to hit all the places of paradise for generations now. Okay, so this is coming from dear sister Joanne in Hawaii, which definitely knows the, the game I'm talking about that's going on here. Um, and Young Trick says, the the base the the base is low frequency that triggers the fight or flight response due to predators stalking our ancestors in the past people feel this deeply in big cities oh yeah oh yeah that was coming up for me in my akashic records this week letting go of control trust i just keep hearing trust yes thank you hello dear, dear sister cosmic kestrel Ooh, cosmic fountain oh falcon <laughs> that's how i'm translating that i'm assuming kestrel falcon Oh, die, that's you. All right, darling. So this is your message that I'm responding to, actually, about this this narrative and this this micronova. So, um, right. So, so all this is happening, and you know, all these narratives. And this is why I never really I, I I will be in my statement and I'll own it for right now. This is how I feel about it. But I might change my mind tomorrow. I might change my mind an hour from now. I might, you know, it's likely that I will change my mind on where I'm at in relationship to something. And that's because I have a really deep um, level of awareness that, you know, we have so many layers of distortions and inversions impacting our perceptions and our experience. There's really no way to be 100% sure. All we can do is feel the truth in our heart as it is today and trust that and trust it and take actions based on those feelings versus actions to take effort to have control or or to 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 you know hedge your bets so to speak right all you can do is that's why cultivating that truth compass is so essential because that truth compass doesn't it's not about the narrative it's about being able to feel a truth inside it's it's about that so the truth we get we feel it we don't understand it we feel it you feel it in your body you can feel it resonating in your cells. And the truth, because all these inversions and reversals is something that evolves over time as we evolve. When I say evolve, I mean as we deprogram ourselves, as we unwind intuitive blind spots, 
we settle more and more and more into what a frequency of truth feels like inside of our bodies. And then once we start living our life in alignment with what we feel is the truth, and like this is where our this is where a lot of grace and synchronicity starts to take over in our lives, and we learn to trust that more and more and more. I mean, really, uh, and you know, I'm so grateful to be able to say that you know, I can I'm living proof of this. You know, it's like my life is. You know, it's not that I don't have um, issues and problems because, of course, I do. I'm navigating. I'm human and, and I run a business and all that stuff. But, you know, miracles drop out of the sky in my life over and over and over again. I mean, even this. I mean, I'm here in Tulum because someone said, hey, I want to take you to Tulum for a month. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so I'm like, OK, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so, I, you know, I have this lovely starshine, uh, you know, treating us to. Uh, some, me and my, uh, the, my other travel companion are treating us to a wonderful month here in this beautiful paradise, you know. But then, you know, the, but it extends into other things too, you know. So what I'm saying is that truth compass is how that grace and ease comes into your world when you're in a place of chaos. It's like you can be, uh, synchronicity is a real thing. All of you guys know that. And synchronicity isn't just about being happy and having great things happen. It's about the truth finding itself. It's about the truth finding itself within you. The external truth connecting with your internal truth. It's magnetizing. And when it does that, it melts away those reversals. It melts away those inversions. And maybe some of those inversions were narratives that we really bought into and thought were the truth and operated as if it was the truth. Now, it's okay to change your mind. You could realize, oh my gosh, I, and this is what dear sister, um, dear sister Starshine was messaging to me. And she's like, she's, she's like, well, now I'm questioning everything. I mean, everything I thought was so isn't, I don't think is now. So I have to start over from scratch. Now, some of us, they're still invested in who we think we are. That is a very scary thing. But for those of us who have really, you know, um, been able to accept the depth of how much we don't know ourselves, we can be like, Oh, good. We get to start all over from scratch. You know, it's like clean slate is a freeing feeling. It's not, a, it's more freeing than it is scary. Sure. It can be a little scary, but it's more of a liberation because now you don't have to stick to anything. You can start over and reevaluate everything from the beginning. And when you don't have all that chatter that's attached to these things that were inverted and reversed, you can hear those inner whispers. You can hear those inner whispers more easily. I hope this is making sense, um, what I'm saying. But I, I do want to read Dear Sister Starshine's message, because I think you, I think there's some more things in here that you guys might catch, too, than what I've um, already stated so far. Yeah, trusting trusting and aligning to truth is definitely the way to go now. And, the, and remember, the truth is relative still. And it's going to keep changing and it's okay. You don't have to be right. There's no scorecard here. You know, it's about doing your best and sincerely, sincerely wanting to be your, who you really are, like really know your truth. Once that's a sincere desire and that is the dominant angle that you take to things, it gets, it gets easier to let these things go. Um, okay. So uh, I'll start from kind of the middle of the message. I'm going to read it. I'll do my best to, to be smooth. <laughs> All right. So it says, I know you follow Suspicious Observer. I've been, I have been probably for 10 years or better. So Suspicious Observer, just for you guys, in case you don't know, that is a YouTube channel of a scientist that, um, of a scientist that, that uh, watches the solar weather. He's like a disaster, a disaster um, predictionist kind of guy. Now, I don't necessarily um, agree with, the, with some of the things that he says, but the science and the data that he uses are solid. You know, he's, he's very grounded in what, in the data that he reports. That's why I listen to him. Some of his other side narratives I'm really not into, but it doesn't matter because his data is solid. That's what I want. I want solid data, not stuff that's obscured, not stuff that's hearsay, you know, not this, not stuff that's been distorted. I want to know the straight up data right from the right from the source of it so he studies he studies all sorts of information from the different um uh, uh observatories and stuff like this and and he does these solar reports 
every morning he does these solar reports at like 5.30 in the morning. So you can start off your day with this information. <laughs> um, I prefer to start off my day with something much more upbeat. So I don't, I don't, but with him, but I just tune in when I feel like it's important. So anyway, going back to, so she says, watching our son and its effects on everything. My confusion now is about some of the narratives, some of which I felt were truths with the impending micronova. How does that change some of the ET agenda narratives? Okay, I'm going to talk about that because that's actually a really big deal right now. I mean, for those of you who have um, the capacity to remember dream time and be aware, have an awareness when you're in that space between waking time and dream time, there's major stuff going on in that space. So I'm going to talk about that too. Because that is, that's really, really, that's the big, that's the big thing for humans right now. Okay, anyway, how, so how does that change the, the ET agendas and narratives? How does that change the dark agendas? I simply can't get why these agendas would continue when the micronova will affect all, including the higher dimensionals. I know I need to focus on my uh, vibration, etc., continuing to grow my love and understanding for my own journey into in new realms. I know my immediate goal is to find joy and beauty in the now and to keep working on myself. Just seems, just seems like my thoughts, knowings, feelings, understandings have been flipped upside down and I somehow have to start from scratch. So what do you guys think? Are, are, you, are you resonating with that, kind of, with that kind of thing? I have a feeling a lot of y'all are, myself included. Okay, so let's go into these, uh, these ET narratives and agendas. So I quite literally am watching humanity wake up to an entire universe, a new universe, okay? And how can that be? You know, a universe is somewhere in another universe gazillion light years away. But it's not true. Universes are, are con our consciousness connects us to other universes, other galaxies. And this is what I think the ETs have been teaching me for many, many years. And I really, you know, I only can understand in increments. And the first thing I had to understand was that thought traveled faster than light. So that means I can have a thought and another aspect of me in another galaxy somewhere can receive that thought or another um, being that's connected to me, soul fam or whatever, can instantly get that thought. And then, uh, then I also um, got the lesson that I can have telepathic communication to beings and ships, whether they're light ships, physical ships, in the earth, above the earth, in the ocean, doesn't matter. It's like instant. I have the thought and I get the response. It's just like when you're talking with your spirit guides. You don't even have the words formulated yet and you're already getting the answer, okay? Thoughts travel faster than the speed of light, which scientifically, there's nothing that can travel faster than the fastest, uh, fastest um, speed, of, of speed of light, right? So, so there's a lot of things that don't really work and that, that you know, aren't compatible, these ideas. So that was something that was taught to me. Then I started to um, be shown how all these different star systems are alive in our body. So when I'm communicating with um, Pleiadian frequencies, for example, in my mind, I'm thinking my thoughts are traveling faster than the speed of light to beings in the star system, uh, the Pleiades, right? But really what's happening is that the star system Pleiades is inside of me. It's via my DNA dance that resonates with them that consciousness that that's the that's how it is so i can actually go inside and go to uh, the uh, one of the palladium planets go to one of those stars i can go inside and and go to the sun i can go inside and experience jupiter i can go inside and go to orion okay it's not an external thing at all so that was another layer of things that they were teaching me and it took me a long time to get this as a actual truth that was happening it was my perceptions that were distorted, not that these were, you know, um, not that these were uh, uh, metaphorical. I mean, it's literal. It's like the actual frequencies of the Pleiades is inside. The actual frequency of the Pachamama herself is inside. It's in our body. It's, it's a frequency that's inside of our bodies. So we don't have to travel to the core of the earth in order to connect with the core of earth. We can just bring our awareness to the frequencies of the core of the earth and we're there instantly inside of our bodies, okay? So this is the same with universal awareness. There are universes that have been created that are finite and there are universes that have been created that are infinite. And humanity has been in a finite universe for 
well, time is subjective, right? So for a very, very long time, let's say it like that. Maybe we can say since before the fall of Atlantis, right? So that means inside of ourselves, we're resourcing, our subconscious is resourcing from that finite universe. Now that we're in this time of transition, I'm seeing people with completely different energy systems resourcing from completely different star systems than before, even different universes. Now, I saw this coming on for several years, but now I'm realizing more and more people are making the leap, they're making that jump where they are now resourcing from with their subconscious, which is how we create this outer reality, right? Our subconscious is starting to resource from, a, from an infinite, a universe that's infinite. I've heard the, I've heard the, the resource called um, the Astario universe. That's just a name to me. I, I can't say that that's true, like absolutely true or not, but just to give a, a, a word to it. Um, but I call this the, you know, infinite universe. So there's more people within themselves are resourcing in their subconscious from the infinite universe and no longer from the finite universe. So the finite universe is where the earth comes to an end. There's a master disaster, major disaster and everything ends. Maybe, you know, the solar ring itself eventually gets consumed by the sun, but the infinite universe that we resource resource from within ourselves it's one of it's one of more life it's one that creates more life it doesn't feed on itself okay so you can have two different people standing next to each other physically on this planet and they could be resourcing from completely different universes that means experiencing this reality in completely different ways okay they are creating totally different realities with their subconscious. Okay, because remember, 90% of our reality is made with our subconscious. Only 10% of it are we actually aware of. You see what I mean? Okay, so solar flash, bring in the solar flash thing. When you're in that infinite universe frequency and the solar flash happens, we just go deeper into the infinite, <laughs> which means we wake up to ourselves. And the fact that we're, this is happening while humans or life is on this planet means that this is, you know, this is a grand adventure that we haven't had happen before. And so many of us are more than excited, more than excited to take, take part in this, in this journey because it's brand new. And that's what the universe is all, the infinite universe is all about is infinite movement, endless movement, new ideas, something that's brand new is worth goal is like more worth than anything because newness brings more movement brings different relationship brings you know what i mean one new thought idea cascades into new experiences for gazillions and gazillions of beings you see what i mean so that's the real commodity when it, if, if you were to call it commodity i don't like that word <clears throat> If we can think of a different word, let me know. <laughs> but I hope that you guys can feel what I'm trying to say with that. So um, so when it comes to these ET agendas, right? So these solar flashes are happening. They're melting these inversions and reversals that we think are the truth away. So now we're coming, we're being reincorporated into the, um, the larger galactic family as a citizen, as a galactic citizen, okay? Which means... ET communication isn't something that is only for the fringe humans. It's a regular dialogue exchange that happens. It's a regular event. It's like calling up a friend and asking them out to dinner. That's how common and normal it is to have off-world communications. So the quarantine that the human consciousness has been under for so long is lifted. And there are ETs from many different galaxies, star systems, universes, reaching out to humanity right now to co-create with them, okay? And let that all sink in for a second. Imagine, you know, a scene from Star Wars, like the bar scene on, on Tatooine, right? When there's all these different ET, all these different species together in one, in one place, and it's no big thing, it's, it's you know, it's normal. That's how our consciousness is meant to be. That's how this planet um, is going to thrive. That's where we're going towards in the sense that 
when you have multiple beings together in one place, this is how we accelerate our consciousness, accelerate our growth, accelerate our activations and stuff like this. Why? Because we learn new things, new ways to look at stuff, new ways to relate to things, new ways to heal, new ways to learn, new ways to make love, new ways to have art. You see what I mean? The new. And that is a very, very high value in this infinite universe that many of us are resourcing from within. Okay. So there's the finite universe and the um, infinite universe. Now there's, because there's infinite numbers of universes, right? So I don't just say there's only one finite and one infinite. I'm not, I don't mean to say that at all. I'm just, this is for language purposes. You know, I'm, I'm just speaking about these two things. Now let's talk about the dark agendas. Why are the, why are those agendas still happening? Even though it's inevitable that potentially inevitable that this micronova is going to happen, right? And it's because they have an escape plan and they want to harvest. This is, this is where I'm at with it today, right? And I was just thinking about this uh, last night, actually. They want to harvest. They need to harvest as many souls as they can before they have to take the emergency exit plan. And the emergency exit plan is this, um, I'm going to call it a Saturn cube that is in the... Um, all right, I guess I do have a physical location. I can say it's like in the southern... It's near the, um, it's near the southern tip. Oh, no, no. Okay, actually, they don't want me to say it out loud. Okay, so there is a Saturn cube that is a doorway for them to go into the fine, back into the finite universe. They need to harvest as many souls as they can it, through that cube space, through that cube portal, through the fields of Saturn to get to the Weezadek universe, the Weezadek galaxy. Well, no, universe is the word, Okay. Now, Wiesedek is a specific finite reality, but there's more. So, and the reason why is because they're doing a mass exodus. They're planning their mass exodus. And this is, and, and this is why the game is so intense. And this is why you have so many, um, such a large kill off going on because they want people to be confused. They want, I mean, the more confused and, su and suffering that a being is, the more easily manipulated they are. So when they, when they leave their body and no one is actually taking care of the death process, like, like ushering them into, um, you know, into the, say the realm of the ancestors or back to the sun or, you know, somewhere where their, where their soul gets a respite or something like this, you know, it get, they get hijacked and go get directed right into the cube space. And it's a black cube. I actually, I imagine you guys probably see it with just me talking about it. And you might see smaller fractals of these black cubes collecting about, but there's a master one that's in the south, further south than where I'm at. So, um, so that's how I'm seeing that going down. It's like the, the, that's why the narrative or the, the strategy is more intense than ever before because their, their days are numbered. Their days are numbered on this planet and they are harvesting as much as they possibly can before they have to permanently exit. Now, many of them are going to get, are not going to make it <laughs> to their exit. <laughs> um, I don't know if they know that or not, but it's a, it's a feeling I have. There's going to be a lot of folks uh, uh, left behind, so to speak, because when that closes, it's, you know, they have to get there before it closes and that's it. And this has been actually shown to us in some of those apocalyptic movies where, you know, all the ultra rich people have these um, giant ships that will survive the, the earthquake or the tsunami or whatever it is that had the spin of the earth is the turning of the poles. I can't remember the, oh, I think it was called 2012 with the one with John Cusack in it, right? So. So this has been shown to us that, you know, there's all these bunkers and safe places and all this stuff. But really what they're showing is that, you know, there's a backup plan to the backup plan, you know. There's a backup plan for when everything goes south and everybody has to exodus. So everybody, as in those who have the agreement, those are part of the agenda of staying within the finite, the finite reality. You know, eventually everybody goes back to source. It's just we don't all get to go intact, you know. The more separated and fractal you become, there's only so many fractalizations that can happen until you turn into cosmic, just cosmic dust. And once you're in the form of cosmic dust, you go back, you go back to source. You go back with source with no memory, no experiences to share. You know what I mean? You're just coming back as a blank slate. 
and maybe that's a good thing. I don't know. Um, it's hard to say what what's good or bad, right or wrong about any of this. When if you think about this all being one one big flow, one big effort to uh, to have infinity in the reality, you know. I mean, for the longest time, I believed love was the highest force in this universe. I really, that was where I was at. I was like, love is the highest force. There's nothing more than love. But then I worked with a Toltec master who was an immortal who showed me that, no, that, that wasn't true. The highest, strongest force in the universe is movement, infinite movement. That is the ultimate aim. So love, yes, is a very powerful force because love propagates more love, right? But that's, it's not the, the highest aim. Okay. <laughs> Can you see? I know this techno is, oh my God. <laughs> Thanks for that young trick. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, uh, oh yeah. So let's get back into the galactic citizenship, right? Okay. So. For the longest time, talking you had ETs and UFOs meant you're a crazy person or you're a fringe person or you're this, you're that. But really, um, as we awaken to, into who we really are as multidimensional beings in these bio suits, we're, we're getting reincorporated into uh, the galactic citizenship. Same, some might consider that empire as defined by George Kavaslis, but some may also consider that that you know the all you know the borders so to speak the, inter, the extraterrestrial borders are all now open and all beings are allowed to contact humanity and that's what's happening the quarantine's over all the borders are open and and all these beings are now reaching out to humanity so a lot of a lot of new agers you know that what they they think the highest frequency of ets you know, or benevolent frequency of ETs, because they're of higher frequency, that means they're benevolent, but that's not true. They all have agendas. All of them have agendas. They could be benevolent. They, they might definitely feel that way, but what we need to understand is that we are as benevolent as they are. <laughs> now, I'm talking about we woken up to who we really are, as benevolent as they are. So, do we have agendas? Do you have an agenda? You see what I mean? So, you need to understand... Uh -huh the reason why they're doing things and then you can evaluate if they are a proper association for you okay so the galactic federation that is one group with an agenda there are many other galactic levels of consciousness out there that that have agendas too right so so you decide there's there's lots of them i mean far beyond just the ones i've mentioned on these chats now i'm i am me personally i feel like i'm more of like a, a I'm with whoever I'm with because I feel like being with them at that time when I'm going into the more galactic levels, you know, I have this awareness that um, everybody has the direction, the intent of where they want to go. And it's, a, it's up to me to figure out what my intent is to see who aligns with that. And then that's who I'm aligned with. So sometimes that might be with the Galactic Federation. Other times it might be with the, um, with the Guardian Alliance. Other times it might be more with the um, the um, the Syrian alliance or Ishtar command or you know what I mean it really all depends and I don't know why on a soul signature level I have that but I do so I don't I don't really question it in the sense that you know that that's who I am as an infinite being or that's part of who I am as an infinite being that my consciousness can touch because my, my personal agenda is my, is my authenticity being an expression of my truth, you know, and, and that's, that's, that's what's number one important for me. So who says, who is to say who's good or bad or right or wrong or more, more benevolent than other people? It's all about relationship, right? It's all about relationship. And, and uh, so these beings that are approaching and want a relationship with humanity, their way in for us to communicate is dream time and the space in between dream time. So all of us, especially those who engage dream time and, and have an awareness and can you know um, bring it into the conscious awareness in their waking world are getting approached 
by beings, many different kinds of beings. And I'm talking about beings that don't need UFO technology. I'm talking about highly advanced interdimensional consciousness. I'm talking about um, there's actually there's degrees of this level of consciousness in our inner earth. We have uh, we have the ant people, for example. I was talking a lot about the ant people a couple of years ago. That is huge. And it's just getting more massive. When I say massive, what I'm talking about is that, you know, as our frequency lifts as a collective and the, the frequency of Mother Earth shifts, their, their free energy technology, which is built out of natural, natural landscapes, is going to come online. And as those technologies come online, it not only gives us all free energy, but it also is tuning our consciousness to a particular frequency. And the ant people um, particularly honor all life as sacred, honor all life as being sacred and being worthwhile and respected. And, and they consider themselves, you know, they're like custodians to life, you know? And there's, um, there's a lot of lore about ant people. If you talk to the Hopi and the Diné, um, the, the, the Diné is kind of like the, 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 the spirit, maybe spiritual, more spiritual holding of the, of the Hopi um, spiritual life. They, they call themselves Diné. Um, I'm not really clear on what that, what that um, lineage looks like, but I, I have spoken with different medicine men and women that make that distinction. Anyway, they have many stories about the ant people and how the ant people, when the time of the great catastrophe, which is what we equate as the fall of Atlantis, you know, the great flood, all that stuff, the ant people saved the Hopi, saved the Danae, the Danae and brought them into their underground um, tunnels and stuff and, and gave them food and taught them how to live and, and stuff like that. So a lot of their spiritual um, inclinations come from working with the ant people. Now, somewhere along the line, during the inversions and the reversals of the collective fields and the infiltration of the human consciousness, eventually there was a betrayal that happened. And what I think, what I what I think the metaphor is saying is that there, um, someone misunderstood what an ant person did and thought that their child, was, their their person was taken, when really they were trying to help them save them in a way and uh they uh they did something to harm the ant person and that breached that created a major breach within their reality and within the relationship and then the ant people closed themselves off from them because of that incident now there's many different versions of the story but um this is my summation of the, all the different versions put together you know that i've heard but um you know, there are many different um, categories of consciousness. You know, we have interdimensional, we have extraterrestrial, we have corporeal, we have non-corporeal, right? We have all these layers and all of them are now, all of them are now um, allowed to make contact with us. All of them are. Now, granted, they're not going to want to make contact in a way where, you know, they're going to trigger the human fear and our aggression where we're going to want to attack, right? They, they are aware that the sickness is still pretty strong within humanity. So the safest way for them to communicate with us, to connect with us is with dream time in that space in between dream time. Now, some of them want to teach us how to reclaim our master creatorship, our, our master creatorship, as in we are master creators within this bio suit here to create a reality for life to flourish, right? We are the ones who navigate where our sun, where our heliosphere travels within the galaxy. And once we are awoke to our galactic levels, we are the ones who navigate and decide where we um, go, where we go uh, on a galactic level. You see what I mean? So do we continue to keep merging with andromeda we decide that as a collective it's not oh andromeda is crashing into our galaxy and eventually this all this place will be destroyed that's what science tells us but that's that's what regular science tells us but when you go into the multi-dimensional realm that is a conscious choice to have those two galaxies merge right um i talked about this a little bit last week about superclusters. 
they have they can't figure out any rhyme or reason why these superclusters, why these galaxies travel together through the cosmos, and it's because it's not gravity. And I'm in my my um, my hypothesis. What I what I introduce is that it's consciousness. They are all consciously aligned to the same intent, and that's why they're traveling together the way they are through the cosmos. That's us. We do that. We do that. We are the caretakers of this three-dimensional reality. We are in charge. You, me, our families, our friends. We are the ones in charge of creating this reality. This is why it's so important that we collude with these with these poisonous pieces. They couldn't be here if we weren't the ones colluding with it. You see what I mean? So, so this is why those ET beings are all reaching out and they want to have a relationship with us because we are profound master creators. Profound master creators. We can create a nook within this reality for them to exist. We can bring their soul groups to incarnate and have a biosuit experience as well if we choose that. Okay, now think back for a second. Does that sound kind of familiar of a history that we're aware of? Like the story of demigods, right? The story of Hercules, Theseus, um, Alexander the Great, those were all demigods. That means they had ET DNA. They had a human mother and a extraterrestrial slash god father, right? Poseidon was one that fathered many of those demigods. Now these are Anunnaki interdimensional beings that bred with females so they could have a biosuit experience. Not all of them were in favor of humanity maintaining their master creator status. Many of them wanted to um, continue a power over agenda, which is shown to us over and over again in their stories, you know? So as the feminine rises again and reclaims their power as a cosmic portal within their womb, we will be way more discerning on who we allow, as in what souls we allow to come into this reality to enhance it. We choose souls that enhance this reality, right? We don't choose souls that want to um, dominate, control, and cause pain and suffering. So on that level, we retake that. The dying process, the, the process of leaving this biosuit, that too, the intermediary goes completely away and we just, you know, close our eyes, our biosuit expires and we're awake to who we are on another level. There's no life review. There's no judgment. There's no, you see what I mean? We, that, that too gets returned to us and we are the authority again on that level. And then of course we reclaim our ability to dream what it is that's inside of us that wants to enhance this this experience of life on this planet be a benefit to life on this planet you see what i mean so this is where we're going and this is what that solar flash is going to do people who are really into the standard um, ideas about science in the 3d world not not as in not away awake to the multi-dimensional reality are going to you know they imagine this world being destroyed and if that's true that's not a truth that i'm aware of yet <laughs> right now i'm in the camp of we are waking up to who we really are as master creators and we're going to create something beautiful. Okay, let me get to some of these, these comments here. All right. Okay, where did I leave off? This is a, oh yeah, thank you, thank you, darling, thank you. I've, all right, so this is a young trick named Jim. He says, I've consciously experienced source more than once. I, I, it had me crying nearly every time nothing but infinite love expansion the planet is not even a grain of sand in that universe yes that definitely puts things into perspective doesn't it um soul schooling says love can be the motivator of the movement yes thank you for that yes absolutely absolutely and that what creates beauty and this is what it's about beauty creating beauty okay not not nightmares beauty what feeds life Right? What feeds and enhances this experience that makes it that much greater for all of us. 
Okay, um, Cosmic Kestrel. I love that handle, darling, by the way. Um, this is very helpful, and I actually have thought along the same as you. Somehow I must pull up my big girl pants and stay focused. The earthquakes and storms, total distraction, pulling me down. Okay, wonderful. I'm glad to hear that from you, darling. And Luna Radio says, I get Luna Rio says, I get that same sense, that plant, that plant medicine, that the medicine has its own agenda. Ah, oh, I get that same sense with plant medicine. It does, it has its own agenda. Yes, thank you, thank you for that. Young trick named Jim says, I used to have an agenda. I don't think I do anymore, at least I'm, at least that I recognize. I'm still aware, or, or wait a minute, sorry, I said that wrong. I used to have an agenda. I don't think I do anymore. At least I'm recognizing where I still have agendas. I'm, I'm working on just being here now. Yes. And it's, you know, that's, that's the best we can do, right? Just work at being here now. And there's a great alchemy that happens with that. We listen more. And as you know, and if you guys don't know, I'll just say it out loud here that listening to somebody is such powerful medicine. Just letting someone know that you hear them. You're letting them share their story. You're letting them share their experience. Even that, your presence with that is profoundly healing for people. Okay. So I know because a lot of times, you know, we think that it's the advice we give, but it's not. It's not the advice we give. It's not the suggestions we make. It's the fact that we are present with them and we can listen to them. And when they pause or get lost in what they're saying, we engage and say, tell me more about this or tell me more about that. And then they'll find their place again and they'll keep going. It's because it's healing. It's healing them. Let them getting to share what their story is. That's so simple, right? That's so, so simple. We all can do that. We all can do that. You don't need to be psychic or intuitive or empathic or anything. Mm. By the way, folks, the best drink on this planet, in my opinion, in my maybe not so humble, humble opinion, <laughs> is the magical coconut. The magical coconut. Oh my gosh, this is a nut from heaven. There's so many great qualities about these, about these green coconuts. When I was in Panama many years ago, gosh, decades ago, if someone had any kind of kidney issue or any kind of um, bladder infection or um, um, IT, uh, uh, sorry, urinary tract infection, whatever, they would put the person on a green coconut fast for three days and give them some herbs and it would be done. It would, they would be over it in, in a very short amount of time. And uh, there's so many other really great uses. It's, there's, the coconut is considered isotonic to the human, the human chemistry, so it absorbs very easily into our system. Electrolytes, everything. So anyway, <laughs> side John on that. <laughs> I love coconuts. I love this quite what I love coming to the tropics or any any um, uh, place that has this kind of climate is the magical coconut. I, this is my hands down my favorite my favorite thing to consume when I'm in these, in these areas. Okay. So I'm curious who feels like they've been getting contacted. Who's been getting, who's been getting contacted, you know, and if you have been getting contacted, what are they saying? What are they, are they introducing themselves? Are they asking you if you want to come play? Are they taking you on their, uh, are they taking you to their, to their um, dwelling? Is it a ship? Is it interdimensional? Is it in the earth? I mean, do you have a sense of any of these things? I'm really curious. I'm noticing that um, I'm seeing I'm seeing a lot. I mean, uh, an extraordinary amount of um, UFO activity. Like when I'm looking up at the night sky, there's so much activity going on. It's amazing, and and it's really easy to tell the difference between a satellite and a ship because a satellite keeps its trajectory traveling across the night sky. The ships maneuver. <laughs> they change directions in very unnatural ways, you know, and they um, come closer and they go further up. And if, if you are um, 
good at being still inside of yourself, you can project thought into those ships and get a response. I think, um, what's that guy's name? Um, what's his face? The, the main, main disclosure guy. Um, I think undisclosed is, oh my gosh, now Greer, Greer, Dr. Greer. That's it. Doc, that's that's, that's um, some of the techniques that Dr. Greer suggests is meditating and using lasers and stuff like that to get the attention of these, of these different um, vessels and, and making contact. And I think a lot of the folks that, that have reported going to his events do report that a lot of their experiences happen within dream time. Like they have really vivid, vivid dreams. So all, all part of the game, all part of the waking up to things, you know? All right, let's see. Is everybody being shut? Okay. So the well within me, oh, that's a great handle too. Says me visions, um, visions in dream time. Okay. Yes. Dr. Stephen Greer. Thank you, Joanne. Um, um, my partner was contacted two nights ago, very tall being right next to her bed, soft hands, but he was sick. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Okay. So now truth compass will out, right? You really need to get into the truth compass. I'm curious of what the, what data sets make one come to the um, arrive at the place of understanding that they're sick. It could be that they are um, like a, a nature spirit or they're closer to the natural world and they're, they're sick because their habitat is declining or something like this. I know there's a lot of beings of the Fey realm that are like that, that are going through experiences like that. Nature devas, river devas, um, stuff like this. So there's a lot of there's a lot of inquiry to happen with those sorts of things. And I encourage you guys to ask questions, ask a million questions, get all your questions down. And then as you hear the responses, notice what your body does with those responses. You know, I had a dear Starshine message me this morning saying that uh, being approached her in the time between waking and sleeping. And they asked her if they wanted to if she wanted to join them. And, uh, and they said that they work with cosmic, cosmic creation energies, AKA dragons. <laughs> okay. Um, that's in my, that, so that is in my reality of, of communicating and talking with, with beings. Okay. Universal or I'm sorry, cosmic consciousness often takes the form of dragon in my world, in my reality. So, um, I'm just saying that cause I think a lot of you guys will also have that too. So, um, and she, and I think she took a rain check on that, on that invitation, because I think she said that right now she's just working at navigate, navigating the human experience. And I can't remember the other part she said, but you know, that's a grown up answer. You know, that's like, okay, this is really cool. Um, can I take you up on it another time? I'm not really sure. And, and you'll know that, um, there's respect there because they will respect that request. They won't continue to push after you say, Hmm, I don't know, maybe, can you come back later? You know what I mean? They'll respect that. They won't, they won't push on it. Those that are pushing on it, they have an agenda. They want something from you. They want you to do something. Okay. And that agenda is more important than you arriving at it at your own, at your own, you know, in your own autonomy, autonomous way. Um, so, and this is why I don't like the language when a lot of spiritual people say, oh, I was told I have to do this, or I was told I have to do that, or, you know, I really don't like that language because it's like, where, where's your autonomous free will in all this? You don't have to do anything, you know? And, and I, and I tell beings that, you know, I, when I started telling beings that it was very interesting, I had to go through my own wall of fear of not being, um, you know, being out of line or not being respectful or not being lovable or, you know, I had to go through all this, the big wall of fear to stand up for myself in those realms and realize, listen, I'm a, I have to be able to figure, I have to be able to navigate with autonomy and sovereignty on these levels. You know, this whole, I am not worthy thing. Tell me what I should be doing is not appropriate behavior. It took me a while to figure that out, but I, you know, I finally got there. And once I did, the game changed big time. The game really changed. And the kinds of beings that would approach me change too. All right, here we go. 
Okay, so then we have dear. All right, we have a couple more uh, chiming in with their experiences here. So we have, um, and so dear sister Ella says, um, in one I was ships. I was in a ship, felt like a false flag. Others I was absorbed by one, but woke before getting to anyone. Um, other than I was in a small city and getting people together, assuring them it's okay, and there were ships landing. Okay, yeah, let's talk about that because that is a, that that is actually an imagery that that often accompanies the Galactic Federation agenda. Okay, so here I'll read a couple more and then I'll go back to that because that's important because that is an agenda. All right. Um, I don't take my dream. Young trick named Jim says I don't take my partner's dreams lightly. Um, I I have. They have proven to be premonitions very nearly every time. My partner has an extremely active pineal gland. Yeah, dream time is very powerful, folks. Very, very powerful. Um, and even though there's things that don't seem to make sense to a logical mind coming from the dream, I, I don't take any of that lightly either. Those are very, those are treasured. That's a treasured dialogue going on. You'll never be lied to in a dream. Okay? Now... What I mean that by that is, is that if there is a being trying to lie to you, you will have a feeling about it. If there, if there's a, a being trying to mislead you, you will have a feeling about it. You, you see what I mean? It's like, there's, it's very difficult to hide things in dream time that if that's not you hiding them from yourself, you know, that's the big thing. You got to strip away all those, all those things that that's you hiding things from yourself. <laughs> okay. Okay. Keep going. One more. The space between wake and dream, the, the hypnogogic state, is something I practice every three days. That state is of being offers a direct line of communication to the subconscious mind. It's very healing. Yes, I agree. I agree. It's a very potent state of being. And your subconscious, your, be, your beingness talks to you during that time very strongly. This is why a lot of times when people wake up in the morning... They have the, um, that is the dream level that they have in their memory, not the actual dreaming when they were really asleep, but that, that hypnagogic state is where they have imagery lingering from, which is very, very potent. Okay. Let me go back to the um, ship's landing and all this stuff, right? So part of the, one of the narratives of the Galactic Federation um, agenda is to prepare humanity for a landing for um, first contact, so to speak, but it will be with the governments. And one of the first things that happen is that, um, you know, uh, humans will need to give up their, their, their sovereignty in different ways in exchange for healing technologies, in exchange for peace on this planet, in exchange for, you know what I mean, there's a, there's a deal that gets made, okay? And humans will have to acquiesce in certain ways in order to get the deal and the governments will pressure or force the humans to do that so they can have this deal. Now, this is not a good deal, right? Because that means all of a sudden these agreements that the government makes with them, then we're no longer sovereign. We're, we're not sovereign in that. Our, our resources become committed. Our, our labor, our, our life force is still going to get directed and harvested in certain ways. It's just that it's going to be better than the ways that we're living now. Like the wars will end, right? The, um, the destruction of the environment will end. Those are all things we want. But at what price do they come? And this is where humans really got to get clear on their value system. Because when we're very unhappy and we're suffering... And some a savior is coming to, you know, savior is coming to help us, right? I mean, we're willing to do things we normally wouldn't be willing to do to quote be saved from destruction. <laughs> so, so there is a time. There is definitely a time when the um, those of the of the empire, whoops, the empire as Kavasilis would define it, are going to approach and make these offers. So uh, the, the, uh, the trial by fire isn't over with the solar flash. That's really just the beginning in, my, in what I'm estimating here. Because all these beings want 
want a relationship for some reason. And it's not necessarily that's a bad thing, but it's more about where are we in our autonomy slash sovereignty in these relationships, <laughs> okay? Do we sell out all of the life force energy of our children, grandchildren, and for generations to come? Or, or is there something else happening, you know? All right. All right, two more, and then I'm going to wrap up. Oh, my gosh, yeah, because it's after, it's after um, seven minutes after. All right, here we go. So uh, Joanne says, the, fall, the, the wall of fear we must all go through is claiming personal sovereignty is different for each, but a requisite for continual growth, awareness, and development, freedom to be and see more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It is. It's a scary thing, but we all, right, we're all, we're all going to show up for it. I think all the guys, all, all y'all listening to this, watching this, I think you guys are going to see it because you have a truth compass and you're going to follow your heart. All right. Uh, Felicia, uh, Felicia, Felicia says, I am contacting advanced beings to work through my health concerns. Powerful and subtle. Warning, don't ask them to come in before night's sleep. Better only in the morning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so um, there's a, there's beings that can can put you people in um, chambers, healing chambers. Um, I actually I want to encourage you guys to do to check out your own personal guides around that because there's a lot of stuff that um, there's a lot of content there's a lot of things that are affecting the bio suit that we could clean up in a single day using those chambers that they make available to us. And then, uh, dear sister Joanne, this is the last one. The challenge is is not sell one's soul. The devil tempts us. The devil tempts us via the government's deals. The archetype of the, the archetype of the prostitute. Wonderful. Okay, thank you for that. Last chime in. All right, guys. Thank you so much for being here in the chat. I really appreciate. I really appreciate you guys contacting me and sharing what's personally going on with you. Um, it, you know, it's such. It's so valuable. I don't think you guys realize how valuable that is. It's like I know some of you guys worry about like bothering me, but it's it's not really like that. It's as long as um, what it is, is that, you know, don't don't expect me to be to type a big, long response out, you know, because that takes me a long time to do those things. So so I but I do want I do appreciate hearing from you and do know all the messages you send me. I do get them. I do get them. I'm just not always able to respond in a, um, in a you know, in a really well thought out, thoughtful way. So when I and I take I bring these things into the chats when when it's something that really feels relevant for a lot of people um and just keep it keep that up and i appreciate all of you i love that you're all here and and thank you so much for for being a part of this and supporting me um i'm gonna have to go this place is starting to get busy so lots of love to you all we'll see you on the other side and if the flash happens we'll see you on the other side (laughs) bye guys